morning. I'm really privileged and I thank the Lord uh, to give me this opportunity to stand before you and to praise him because of his glory and uh, his works. I want to thank the leadership of the church to offer me also this uh, wonderful moment so that I can express my joy and my my word today of thanksgiving to the Lord, but also to you guys around here. Uh, As I was praying the Lord, he gave me the words from Luke chapter chapter 17, the gospel that we have shared this morning. It goes with the same things that we have been sharing throughout uh, this period. This is uh, an encounter of uh, people with leper who met Jesus Christ and he worked on them. This morning I call you brothers and sisters because I think it is what meant to be. But I'm not eloquent enough. I'm not a good speaker. Though I have been here uh, for those months, uh, I haven't yet got a way of reading your body languages to understand if you are happy, if you are not happy. So I've been struggling with the culture uh, to understand you and to, to get to know when you are satisfied or not. Another thing is my English is a little bit poor because English is my fourth language. So you will bear with me. And today I'm full of emotions. Sometimes I may not maintain myself as I'll be speaking. So bear with me if I do not communicate the way I would like to do it. But I think God will will speak through us and will make his word uh, understood. Last week, the preacher of the day talked about people in trouble and different opportunities that we have to be part of the impact around us. Remember, he was talking, uh, or he shared from Mark chapter 6, from verse 30 to 44. He was talking about uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000 people from five loaves of bread and two fish. The disciples here were not in to entertain the idea of feeding such a cloud of people with what they said or assumed to be limited resources. And in doing so, they were just focusing on their limited resources and ability to address problems instead of thinking of the abundance 
that is found in the hands of the Lord. But from time to time, we have seen that always God wanted to use the small that we have to make impact and to change things. But still, we are struggling and we want to hold on what we have, on the little that we have, forgetting that there is only when we open our hands and give away what we have that the Lord can give his abundance and put it into our hands. When you open your hand to give, it is the same way that you open the hand to receive. When you continue to close your hand, you'll never receive. So we need to open our hands in order to receive the blessings that God has for us. Throughout the Bible, God had a wonderful habit of using those whatever a person possessed. In a person would do simply, if that person would simply yield to the Lord and just give him space to work with that small that he thinks he has. In the time of Abraham, he just wanted 10 people that, they, that believed in him to spare the whole town during the time of uh, uh, when he was about to uh, destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. When you read Genesis chapter 18, verse 32, you'll find that encounter. Uh, in the time of Elisha, he just wanted a widow to even release what she was thinking was her last meal so that she could experience the love, the grace, and the abundance of God in her house. That is found in Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 13. There, Elisha came to that widow and told her, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink, and, uh, and uh, uh, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. She responded, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour, in a jar, and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. That was something that was remaining just in the hands of that widow uh, to eat for one night and die. And then Elisha comes, comes in and then he asks for something to eat. The lady says, nothing I have. But when the lady accepted, then all the canals, they flowed from the Lord, and uh, she never got uh, to seek something to eat. In the time of Moses, uh, the Lord just wanted to use the Lord, the road that Moses uh, used to just push his uh, 
these flocks uh, in order to change the whole, the entire nation and to exterminate the, the power of, of the Pharaoh. When you read Exodus chapter 4, verse 2, you'll find that uh, Moses had that rod, but he didn't know the power that was uh, engulfed in it. And uh, the Lord, when he asked him to push it down, uh, the rod became a snake, and Moses was trying to run away. Why? Because he had something which is important, which he was, he was just treating like a, a kind of stick that he uses to, 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 to just push his, his flock. But in the hands of the Lord, that rod became powerful at a level that uh, Moses could not even uh, dare to touch it. Only when God could ask him to touch it, he took the, he grabbed the, 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 the tail and then it became once again uh, this, the, the rod. So if we release, we release the small that we have in the hands of the rod, it becomes uh, amazing. When Jesus came, he proclaimed his agenda and his, uh, he started to put it into uh, action. When we read Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, we find that kind of uh, agenda of what he had come to, uh, to do. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is, uh, is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and discovery uh, of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord, of the Lord's favor. Those were the work or the works of the Lord when he came here on the world. And when he started to put these things into action, uh, it is amazing to see how people could respond into that. When he was now on the ground in Jerusalem, in Israel, he just wanted one simple small thing that each and every one could have. He wanted people to believe. But look at them. They were the chosen one. And they knew they were the chosen one. In the Old Testament reading, we read a story of Joseph and his brothers. Because he was loved, then they hated him. The brothers hated him. They knew the father loved him. And they said, no, this guy should not live. Instead, we should sell him or we should kill him. Though they were the chosen one, they were the blessed one, but they didn't grab that kind of blessing in order to maintain it and walk with it and be uh, an example to the people that were surrounding them. But they lived the life that we may be living even today. The question remains today, even at the Christ Redeemer today, do you believe? Or you come here to meet your friends, or you come here because it is a weekend, 
or you come here uh, just to, to entertain yourself, do you believe? Even today, from the time when Jesus came, even today, up to the end of the world, the question remains, if you believe, and I believe, and all together we pray, the Holy Spirit will come down and things will change. Do you believe? Uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 30 to 44 tells us that we, we saw last Sunday he just wanted the disciples to show their will to release those five loaves of bread and those two fish so that he can work according to the glory of God. In all these circumstances, we have people in trouble and we see how God comes in to walk with us, to walk with his people and respond to their needs. This Jesus we are telling you, this Jesus we are talking about, he is not a magician. He is not a miracle worker. But he was a human being, a son of so-and-so, but also he had in him his good nature that he wanted people to understand and to know in order to turn back from their wicked ways and to look into the glory of the Lord. He is not just a miracle worker. He is not just a, a magician, but he was human and God. His character was amazing. Though he knew he was God, all that he did, he did not want to be praised or to be given a credit. He just wanted to glorify his father who sent him. And he wanted us to look at him. He wants us to imitate him. He wants us to do as he, 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 he did. He was and he is good example of simplicity and humbleness. He is our model as servants. He wants us to imitate him and he says that we can do even more greater things than he did. It's not just we can, we can uh, feed those thousand people on five rows of blades and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, two fish, but because we can do more, more work, greater than what he did. What he did, he did it in Jerusalem, but what we can do today, we can do even and influence the whole world. We can do it here. We can do it in Rwanda. Look at what I am today. My brother Ben came, came in there. He came like an angel from heaven. He came like someone sent from God. And he found me where I was sitting. And he said, you must come. I had, I had written down my, my will, saying if I'm not there, things will be done like this and like that. And when he said, 
Come, we are going to try. I said, no, this is not a voice from Ben, my brother. It is a voice from heaven. With those kind of voices, you can change the world. You can serve the world. You can serve here, but you can serve even beyond Nampa. I want you, brothers and sisters, to understand this. Jesus could not uh, just let the circumstance go without entering into it. So for him, the circumstance that is there, the problem that is there, for him it is an occasion to glorify God. But what are we doing today? Sometimes when something happens to our neighbor, we just pull, up, pull back and start chatting around. I don't know how you do it here, but it is common in Rwanda. Like when, when I was sick, sitting in my, in my home, I could see people coming to, to prophesy for me, some people. Some people that I have never seen. Once two ladies came and said, you better cleanse yourself because you are dying. But today, I know I'm going to live and live long to testify for the Lord's glory, to testify that there is a God that we should serve, that there is a God that we knew, that there is a God who can work and operate in ways that you can't understand. I'm not going to die like that, but I'm going to speak of his glory and of his name. Uh, this gospel, according to St. Luke, chapter 17, it is so amazing. There are ten le people with leper. They are getting healed together. Nine of them are Jews, are Israelites, and one of them is a Samaritan. The Jews knew that they were the blessed one. They had Jesus as one of them, as the Messiah, but they couldn't know that he is amidst them. I wish you could know how blessed you are, guys. I wish you could know, or you could, you could get your eyes open and see beyond this area where you live, this United States of America, and go out and see and know how blessed you are so that you can grab that blessing and use it. These 10 people, just one recognized that God is powerful, God is able, God has healed me, I better go back and thank the Lord. And yet, this guy is a stranger. He's a Samaritan. He is not the bearer of the inheritance. He is someone that they disgusted. 
They didn't, they didn't want Samaritans to get mixed with, with Jews, with Israelites. But now, he comes back and he said, thank you. I don't know what happened to the nine, because it seems this guy got healed twice. Because Jesus says, thank you for coming. Your faith has healed you. So go in peace. I don't know those who went and didn't come back, what happened to them. But they didn't benefit from the second blessing. And that second blessing is so amazing. If you go further, you'll understand that he was not just physically healed, but he was also given the eternal life, which is amazing. That's wonderful. That's a great news. That's a wonderful news. So, brothers and sisters, let not just uh, get those occasions get out of you without uh, just using them accordingly. Because we are not just human beings. If we prefer to become Christians, we are not just human beings. We are not just Rwandans. We are not just Americans. But we are Christians. We are brothers and sisters. And we have the common character. And we share life and death. We are, we are part and parcel of the body of Christ, and we want to know that. It doesn't matter the color of your, of, your, of, your, of your skin. It doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter the conditions. If you were, you were born in a, in a great hospital, or you were found down into, uh, under the tree, and you are still here, and you are alive, and you are part and parcel of this church, it's because you are special. I always say and tell people that they are special. I would like, once again, to give you this small moment and look around you. Don't, don't look at me. Look around you and just tell your neighbor that you are great and you are special. And tell him or her that I love you. Tell them. Some people are still staring at me. Don't, don't, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Just look at your neighbor. At least I can see your smiles. When, when, we, are, when we are talking of, of the glory of the of the word of God, of the, of the miracles, of the wonders of the Lord. We want to see your smiles. Just take a, take a moment. When you come here, it is like when, when uh, you, I have seen you, you, your technology. You, you always use these kind of things, aren't you? When, when, when you, you use it quite a lot, the battery gets low. It, it gets off, okay? So during the week, we, we are like these, these gadgets. We, are, we, we, we run out. And when we come here on Sunday, it is like just 
Hmm? We, are, we are recharging. And we gain power. And we go back into the world so that we may once again work, serve, and uh, talk of the grace, talk of the wonders, talk of the goodness, talk of the, uh, those miracles that the Lord can do in our lives. So never miss. Never miss of those opportunities. When you see someone just grumbling, when you see someone struggling around you, jump into the situation. Jump into the situation. Use a little that you have. But don't do it for your glory, but do it for the glory of the living God. Because he will be praised because of that simple thing that you have done. I have seen a lot of things coming in. I have seen people coming, taking me to the hospital. I have seen people coming with food. I have seen people doing a lot of things and wonder, how do they know what is going on here? For the first time, I struggled to, know, to understand and at a given time, I was rebellious. When, when I came here, just, just fighting with your culture. When I could go to the town with someone, I eat something, I could, I could once again hear everybody speaking of what I, I have eaten. And in Rwanda, that's, that doesn't exist. That's dangerous. Oh, people, people, people are telling others what I have eaten. Should I stop eating? One time, one time I, I told Cain, uh, I'm, not, I'm not able to talk about food. Uh, I, can't, I can't talk about food today. And I was, I was unhappy. I was just rebellious like that. But at the end, I understood food is part of life, and we should be talking about life. And when people know what you eat, they can provide for that. It is a change. I thank you, brothers and sisters, for what you have done. I thank you for transforming me. I thank you for bringing life into, into me. I'm proud of you. And I praise God for you. And I know either literal or big that you have done. I know there are ladies who have been praying for me. I know you've been putting together some money for me. I know you, hmm, your ears have been somehow disturbed because of me. I know this strange man is here, but I'm praising God because he has given me brothers and sisters who are at the end of the world who can also stand in and do God's work for his glory. So we are not just American, we are not just Rwandans, we are Christians, and we are made children, daughters and sons of God because we have accepted the one living God. We are not just children, but we are heirs. We are heirs of the kingdom. And we are trustees 
that the Bible says we are trustees of the kingdom. Isn't that special? Isn't that wonderful? That's the good news that we should know. And when we go out, we shouldn't go out and walk like others. We should influence others because of who we are. Remember, God told Abraham, I, give, I bless you. I bless you. I don't just bless you, but I make you. I transform you into a blessing. So that whoever you will be touching will, will profit on that, on that blessing. So may your words, your touch, your action, your activities transform the world around you. May your smell go beyond your homes so that they may know that you are the people, the special people who are here in Christ Redeemer who are transforming the community. Here in Nempa, I've heard that a lot of people are coming from other states, coming and joining you. Maybe because you have something special that you don't know. Hold on that. But know that Jesus Christ is our Lord and he loves us so much. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus was doing these things, he wanted just people to understand and to know the work that has brought him on the world so that they can change, they can be transformed, so that they can go out of Jerusalem and spread the good news. But unfortunately, those who do that, they didn't, they didn't do it well. They knew they were the chosen one, but when the blessing came unto them, they didn't grab it. Today, we may think that uh, these words are written or, uh, for the Israelites, but these people were like us. They were the people of that time, as we are the people of this time. They, they had challenges of those times, as we have challenges of this time. They were, ladies and gentlemen, they were teachers and students. They were educated and uneducated. They were poor and rich people. They were strangers and the natives. They were as we are today. So these words are not just for those people in Israel, but they can also apply unto us. And the guy who wrote these words down, Luke, St. Luke, Luke was, uh, was a guy that they considered to be educated. He was a doctor. And he fills in the gaps of two uh, Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark. And he grabs some details that... Uh, Maybe those guys did not put down. And when you see an encounter that is uh, underlined by a rook, it is because there is something in it which is special. So, brothers and sisters, 
as we grab this, as we know who we are, as we take our identity as a special thing, I wish you could get a word of comfort for your surroundings. I wish you could get courage and comfort to those who mourn. I wish you could become and be able to tell the good news to those in need. I wish you could get ability to bind up the brokenhearted. I wish you were a blessing to those that are speaking to you, to those that are touching you, to those that are just don't know what to do, to those who are hopeless. And brothers and sisters, I beg you, as Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says that we are the salt of the world, I beg you, never lose your saltness. Because if you lose your saltness, and when we talk about saltness, it is the influence that you have around you. The sweetness that is in you. If you lose the, your saltness, you are stampled down. Then you are nothing. You don't even deserve to live because you serve for nothing or you live for nothing. It goes and continues in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, where he says that we are the light of the world. Just let's, let's go out. Let's move out in our neighborhood, even beyond lighting and showing them the Lord, the risen Lord, who died for us, who loves us, and who wants us to be with him. Remember that our neighbor are watching us. They are watching us. They are marking whatever we do. And they are attentive on what we are saying. So count, we should count our words when we are to speak. But whatever they can do, whatever they can see, whatever they can hear from us, let us them, let us them see Jesus in us. Let them, just by touching us, by hearing our words, know that we are a special people, a special generation that was blessed by the Lord and who have that uh, hope of the world to come. When Jesus was about to to die on the cross, people were no longer looking at the bread, looking at the healing, but they wanted to run away because he was becoming 
uh, kind of outcast because they were chasing him, they wanted to kill him. And if someone is in trouble, people are, are rushing to, to, to go away. They, they don't want to understand what's going on. And Jesus looked at the disciples who were also afraid, who were trembling, and he looked at them and asked them, are you also going to leave me? Are you also going to be like others? Were you also following me because of bread? Because of miracles? Because of what I could do? Are you also going to, to be like those? And uh, Peter, I love Peter. He came in front and he said, in John chapter 6, verse 68, he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I am begging you, don't leave Jesus Christ. Wherever you go, wherever you may be, whether you leave this church and you go to start a new life somewhere else, remember that there is a Lord. There is a Lord and Savior who died for you, who loves you. Through him, you become part and parcel of the big family, an international family, which is beyond what you can understand. And he has one common thing, the word of life. Praise be to God. Thanks be to the Lord, our Savior. Thank you.